Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to Star Lores. If you like the show, please consider subscribing and giving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also help us make more great content by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com. We would also love to hear from you on social media. You can follow Star Lores on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you. You are listening to the Star Lores Podcast. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Hey folks, welcome back to the Millennial Falcon. Uh, this is our review episode of episode two, The Wrath of Khan, my favorite Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here aboard the Millennial Falcon, we have from the Lorehammer podcast, Eric. <laughs> Trevor Buzak, actually. But. Yeah, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. Yeah, yeah. We just want to welcome uh, Mark. Yeah, he thanks is, for having me on. He's our guest for this uh, episode. Go check out the Lorehammer podcast. Uh, Lorehammer, a forty k, a Warhammer forty k podcast. Yeah, based on love, feelings, and a, just an all around good time. Yeah, so. exactly. No, but seriously, uh, my name is Jordan, and uh, we're actually going to do a review of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. And I'm also here with Christian here and Sam. What up? So, Sam, do you got some lore stuff right away? I, I do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have a confession to make. I cheated. I did not actually watch the movie. Oh, I just read the graphic novelization. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like more work. <laughs> you know, it was What's wrong with you. <laughs> was but, it better or worse than the film? <laughs> I think it was actually better. Just, okay. but maybe that's just because I'm I'm really getting into comics lately. <laughs> the problem with I have with Attack of the Clones, aside from any filmmaking stuff, is just that I don't know why, but there was this one period in like 2006 or 2007 when it was just constantly being played on TV for some reason. Oh, really? So, <laughs> and I, if you see it on, you have to watch exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you've watched it 50 times. So, but only, like, chunks of it at, like, <laughs> random points. Yeah, so sure. And probably, like, an edited version, too. Precisely. Commercial breaks. Yeah. And, yeah. So <laughs> my appreciation of Attack of the Clones is, like, the movie's sort of totally killed for me. But <laughs> the graphic novel was satisfying. It was, it was a good read. I would recommend it if you don't want to. Do they do graphic the novels movie? for all the movies? I was thinking about that. Did they, they do all the Disney yeah, ones? Sure uh, I don't know if they've done the Disney ones. I, I don't really they keep have up for, with the current. But they did for all the one to six. Very cool. Yeah. And they're, they're all pretty good. Too. Um, they're at, at the very least very 
beautiful, like because they're the super high, high budget, right? Yeah. 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 And then also there are little Easter eggs of like additional lore that are sort of sprinkled out mm. that you don't get in the movie. There's just like an extra line here, a little yeah. bit of context. I can't actually remember in Attack of the Clones. Was there a scene where uh, Jango Fett figured out that? He was being followed and had a space battle with yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. that's actually yeah. one of the best parts. I was of like, the was that the, which is saying a lot? The sound seismic, yeah, yeah. yeah. seismic. Hot dang. In like the asteroid belt there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, one thing I noticed is that when Anakin and Obi Wan are at the bar on Coruscant yeah. and yeah. Uh, tracking the assassin or whatever they're doing at that point. Um, Obi-Wan does like at least three shots of blue liquor <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, like, in like 30 seconds. Uh, very <laughs> clearly. One after another. That's hilarious. Obi-Wan has a problem. I think. <laughs> Is it's, drinking technically against the Jedi ways? I don't think so. No, I, okay. is, I've never read a prohibition against yeah. mind-altering substances or anything. Yeah, yeah, it's never been brought up. That's actually why he went to Tatooine just so he could <laughs> drink his life away. <laughs> he wasn't even a Jedi. Yeah. He was just a drunk. <laughs> Listen. Death sticks. Um, and that line is Hey, like, if a blind guy can use the force, <laughs> a drunk guy can use the force. Absolutely. Sure. Um, just on that note too of comic books, uh, now would be a good time to mention the novelizations. So I think that's what I might do for uh, Revenge of the Sith too is I'll just read the graphic novel. You guys can read, watch the movie. Watch the movies. No, but the uh, the actual novelizations of, especially the prequel trilogy. Now I personally haven't read them myself, which you know we've gotten flack for that before. <laughs> but judging by other people's um, review of the books based on the movies, yeah, they are surprisingly high quality books that yeah. one lend a lot of context because they add a lot that gets missed in the movies. Yeah. And, uh, and especially for ones that are weaker entries, like attack of the clones is my personally, not my, it's at the bottom of all the, all the original star Wars movies for me, which is weird because it shows Natalie Portman's midriff and you know, that I thought just automatically bumps <laughs> it catapults up. it to the top. You no. Know, yeah. And very, uh, it's refined. a more modern body than like the princess Leia bikini metal bikini. So <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're upgrading. Yeah. Yes. No, but uh, yeah, and the novelization uh, for episode two is actually written by R.A. Salvatore. Oh, really? Who, yeah, exactly. I was surprised too. Famous D&D. D&D author. Prolific fantasy yes. author. Okay. And He's one uh, of those guys who has like an entire section of every large bookstore. He store. pumps out books like no one's business. I don't know I how think he, he has ghostwriters though. Okay. I think guys like that use ghostwriters. Yeah, like it's insane how Or they have a writing. I know like a a team. James Patterson that, you know, he's like a, he writes a lot of, he's a, like perennial New York Times bestseller and uh partly because I think his books are a little shallow but also part he's of kind of like a poor man's Tom Clancy yeah I yeah he, it appeals to a very <laughs> wide audience right and it's a lot of like uh mystery and thriller yeah it's like Grisham's like yeah, yeah. pumps out like a regular mystery every yeah like a few books a Formula, year but yeah. uh um he has like a, a team that he writes with so it's not just like him him in the typewriter yeah. in his basement <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so I don't think it's quite like what maybe George R. R. Martin does, you know, or Stephen King. Yeah, or Stephen King. Actually, I don't know what Stephen King's writing process is, but but uh, Patterson has sort of like 
he has scaled and industrialized <laughs> the writing process. If you have 100 people yeah. write one page every day. Well, I don't know how he does. <laughs> the stories are just stitched together. I don't think it's like that, but he has like a system that he uses, right? right? Is yeah. he like essentially a director of It almost of seems novels. that. Yeah, it <laughs> almost seems that way. He writes like the overarching plot. One person like writes details. dialogue, one person yeah. writes female characters. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They specialize. <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah. neither here nor there. Sorry, that was a bit of a rabbit trail. Yeah, no, I just wanted to bring up, like, yeah. um, especially a lot of people who are super critical um, of the movies, which there's a lot to criticize about the sure. prequel trilogy. I think we can all agree on that, whether you like them or not. Yeah. But at least uh, the novelizations kind of reveal the good things and remove a lot of the distracting content, like poor delivery of lines and acting and overabundance of CGI. delivery of bad lines. <laughs> Both. All of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like the CGI and things like that. They uh, they build a lot Yeah. on that. And they also expand and ex- fill in a lot of the gaps and a lot of details, which once we dive more into the into this meat of the yeah. of the movie, I, I'll get into well, it. Well, maybe let's, uh, we'll do it like this. We'll kind of give our, our hot takes on what we liked it about the movie, what we didn't like, and then we'll actually get into some lore that we some interesting lore about the film yeah um but uh yeah i i enjoyed the movie um actually surprisingly a little more than i had in previous iterations of it even though there were some like major flaws with it but there you know there there is something about uh it was actually a very like tight cohesive story um that sort of like seemed to fit very well within um the larger story that lucas was telling in terms of like plot which i actually thought was um pretty uh a strong point of the film and uh even if it was a little was maybe a little bit underwhelming but it it was it almost felt like the trilogy actually started there and like episode one was like a prequel to the trilogy yeah it was almost <laughs> yeah. like an epilogue or not yeah epilogue. A prologue prologue yeah, yes. yeah like a pro yeah exactly you know and it yeah but it, it did feel actually like kind of the story itself and the plot was like felt pretty cohesive at the beginning like right after the opening crawl there's the first attempt on padme's life yeah yeah right and yeah. uh her like the rising incident happens like her, right away her double is killed yeah yeah and, and that double we also have a relationship with right right, she, right she was in episode yeah kira am i getting that right is that no it's or not. is that a different double it's a different double. Oh, it's a different she has a whole crew of oh, that's right oh, i yeah. forgot I realize it. she's like saddam hussein in the early 90s <laughs> a bunch of them running yeah. around <laughs> you know and whatever the execution <laughs> I love it. <laughs> however, however, the execution of the film was, uh, if you, it, if you if you pause the, a frame, you can actually zoom in on one of the doubles and and see that she's got like a big old mustache. <laughs> Wait, Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein was one of Natalie Portman's doubles. No, one of Saddam Hussein's doubles <laughs> oh, was yes. one. Of sorry, that'd be absurd Portman's if it was Saddam Hussein himself. Yeah, no. Sorry. They actually call the Gulf War the Attack of the Clones. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. Little known fact. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but also I liked uh, I liked a lot in the film. I like like sort of the political intrigue and stuff that was going on. It it actually it became a much more complex story, um, as compared to like the original trilogy. You know, which I yeah th- w- was kind big of big bad empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah just small the, rebellion. You don't really have like policies or like what is it, uh, other than vague terms of yeah. freedom and and 
And also, and also, I want to say is go back and listen to our Darcidious episode if you haven't. Uh, but I think like that kind of like gives you an even greater appreciation for Palpatine's character and kind of everything that's going on. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, uh, so I actually thought it was like a a pretty cohesive, um, if but if not uh, poorly executed. <laughs> in a lot of ways like obviously i think there's a lot of universal agreement about hayden christensen's acting and and also the lines that he was given um it was pretty it was pretty rough <laughs> oh being generous course. yeah I like sad <laughs> yeah <laughs> say. well there was just a lot of things there's a just a lot of crazy lines and just like how obsessive it was very like off-putting how obsessive he was. Do you want to hear an Adme? Another an off-putting line, but from Padme. Yes, <laughs> I would love to. Is this from the comics? Are you doing it in her voice? Oh Good. yeah, perfect. I'm sorry, Anakin. It's impossible to deny that you've grown up. <laughs> <laughs> was that actually a line? <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Also, the okay, okay, the other. I, I think that line. If that was in the movie, I think it was. There was a similar type of line. I don't know if it was that verbatim. It's a it's a credit to uh, <laughs> Natalie Portman that she you didn't come it. off as yeah. creepy as yeah, Anakin yeah. did. Yeah. I actually thought <laughs> Natalie Portman's acting was fine. Like it, yeah, exactly. It, it was very deep. It was very. Good it was acting. better than when she was like twelve in Episode One. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because. She, in the comic, I think she actually read a lot creepier than oh, okay. she did in the movie because you just had the lines and not her delivery of them. Well, yeah, but also on Natalie Portman's character, there's this one scene uh, right right at Anakin comes back from uh, killing a camp of Tusken Raiders. That'll happen. And, and like, and like uh, pours his guts out to um, uh, Padme. And uh, after he tells Padme that he just uh, committed like mass murder <laughs> of like sentient beings, she's I would like, even "Call it genocide." She, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, just that, that implicates a lot of political. Uh, tones he doesn't commit genocide till he's Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, she, she's just like, "It's okay, Annie. Everybody gets angry." <laughs> <laughs> I believe one of the things she says is also oh like, you're just a human, yeah. just like everyone else. Yeah. I think yeah. Naboo may have a much darker history yeah. than we're aware they of. They really treated those Gungans yeah. really. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I was just, I, I just thought oh, that was holy. an amazing moment. Like, like he, he just confessed to her that he's like a, a, a crazed murderer and she's Psychopath. like <laughs> it's almost like she liked him even more so maybe Padme is actually the crazy one that's <laughs> literally what I was about to say everyone always says that Anakin has strong school shooter vibes right yeah and, totally but here's a, here's a weird thing is totally disgusting but uh, the Columbine shooters have a weird following of like women who idolize them oh really it's very creepy yeah and then I kind of like started to superimpose that on Padme. We're like, maybe Padme isn't all that compassionate well, a leader. You, have you heard of like Charles Manson? There's like women who are in love with yeah, him. Yeah, write him letters. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a whole like subculture. It's dead now, you know. Yeah, but but when he was when he was still alive, well, I'm sure he's yeah. still getting fan mail. Yeah. <laughs> yes, his ex wife did not get his body and tour it across America like she wanted. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that what she wanted? To Missed do? opportunity for yeah. sure. <laughs> Leaving money on the table, Mrs. Manson. <laughs> but yeah, it is a weird like cult of personality, you know. Yeah, so it's <laughs> I don't know if that discredits Padme's uh, 
compassionate uh yeah it's definitely character <laughs> i guess she likes a bad boy <laughs> a I genocidal bad boy <laughs> Yeah, but also I like I kind of wondered like what if there's like more to Padme's character? This is a lot of conjecture here, but like what if it was like it is pretty crazy that she was elected chief of state as at a, twelve. <laughs> at twelve, yeah, yeah, it's true. She um, was elected. Yeah. So like yeah, yeah. being queen, the queen is a, queen is it's an elected, elected yeah. position. So that actually comes interesting. Up. Yeah. <laughs> now I know. And you can only serve <laughs> serve two terms. As, yeah. As, and it comes up even in so episode even two. So even you, Mark, one day can become queen, queen of, of Naboo. Naboo. <laughs> That's my new life goal. I'd vote for you. I don't know what I have to do, but it starts here. <laughs> it starts I think now. it involves a lot of like kabuki makeup, sure. <laughs> a lot of foundation. I'm in. <laughs> a lot of time in the hairstylist chair. Ooh. Yeah. Not but but what what if like Padme is actually like a very cutthroat politician who only cares about power? She was queen at twelve. She became senator at like eighteen yeah. <laughs> when she was done being queen. Like she sounds very ambitious. And <laughs> you know, I'm wondering if there's this whole other side. Jordan, to you. you're just scared of strong female characters. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying what if that's actually who she is and not the how she's portrayed necessarily in the films. Anyway, just a little fan I, theory there. I feel I would be remiss if I didn't um, continue bringing up strange themes that nobody else will. Mm-hmm. In, in episode one, my thing was about the hats. That <laughs> there's, there's a lot of interesting hats in episode one. In episode two, uh, we're just talking about hair. There's actually a scene where uh, Queen Padme's, she's got Leia's little ah. cinnamon buns attached to her Queen head. or Senator Padme. Oh yeah, I guess it's senator now, yeah, isn't yeah. it? That's right. So it's a it's a legacy hairstyle. For, You'll have to rock that one, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, I'll yeah. start growing up my hair to get that going. Anything I got to do to be queen. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, uh, I thought like the other things I liked was kind of I I enjoyed like the Yoda fight with uh, Dooku. So that was a really controversial point for a lot of the fan community. Really? Yeah, a lot of people hated. I that think it Yoda. was better than the Yoda Sidious fight. Although there are parts of that that I liked, but parts of it that looked really I'll have silly. to watch that one again, but I liked the, the... So the big problem people had was that Yoda was supposed to fit this archetype of a wise master who doesn't need to be physical right, because he's right. so powerful. Like They didn't even like the idea of giving him a lightsaber. Actually, a very similar thing with Sidious, too. They didn't want Sidious ever to use a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like that, personally. I don't know why it was so controversial. Well, no, I know why. I'm saying yeah, yeah. it right now, but I just don't agree. It does feel like a departure from... Yeah, so a lot of fans tried... To like didn't like that portrayal that Yoda was also this like physical uh, badass who yeah, could yeah. hold his own in a lightsaber duel. I kind of like that. I like that it's kind of like oh you don't expect that from yeah, this yeah. like little old uh, green alien. Yeah, I thought just from like a the a visuals perspective it was cool. Yeah, it was I like, think it comes from a lot of OT fans who kind of felt slighted yeah. at like the legacy of Yoda as a character. I think it's a fair criticism, but it, I don't agree with it. But yeah, yeah I could see why they yeah. say that. The one thing I liked about that fight was all the force using that they did do, though. They're, like, yeah. dropping rocks and tossing yeah, yeah, yeah. them and, like... Lightning. Um, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, my big thing about Star Wars is it always seems like the, for- the force is so sporadic. Like, sometimes it takes so much effort just to, like, force push something. Like, even from the same character from one moment to the next. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, like, they actually, like... I don't know. It was just enjoyable to see, like, actual force powers happening beyond just, like, subtle little things that seem incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah, I think, totally. I think Christopher Lee as um, 
Dooku. Dooku yeah. was also fantastic. Yeah, because <laughs> his delivery, I was I was really like hearing his voice in my head when I was uh, reading, reading the comic yeah. book. Just because it's Christopher I, Lee, he's yeah. just good at anything. <laughs> exactly. I wrote down three notes, and one of them was uh, watching that movie made me want to learn more about Count Dooku. Like, yeah, yeah, he's, totally. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. uh the. Uh, one of Qui-Gon's the, master. Did you know that? I did not know that. Tell me yeah. more. It's yeah. actually in, in episode two. It's and, Yo- that. He says and Yoda. If you'd watched the movie, Mark. I watched on mute, so I wouldn't have to listen to the bad dialogue. About. I'm just here for the visuals. Yeah. <laughs> just had the subtitles on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Yoda was Count Dooku's master. Yeah. As well. yeah. So let's got that whole so that circle. I'll, I'll kind of put in my general review because what I have to say actually ties in a lot with the Dooku point and the Yoda point and the lore okay. is uh, overall my least favorite Star Wars movie. Um, I think a big problem with it beyond the obvious things, uh, overabundance of CGI is a big one and yeah. poor big delivery problem. dialogue. I just don't want to keep repeating the same points. Yeah. Uh, so just kind of overwriting those things. A lot of the plot... Um, it it assumes we know a lot of things and it kind of tries to shovel in a lot of things that they just drop in passing and they don't explore. Hmm. So elements like Sifo Diaz, a character we never heard of, we have no, like, as an audience, no vested interest, no relationship with that kind of character, is this, like, instigating Flashpoint for creating the entire clone army and the whole mystery that surrounds him. We don't even know who he is or what he looks like. And when that, that mystery is kind of dropped once the, it leads to the clones... No one keeps pursuing that, and that plot point carries on into the Clone Wars TV series. And that was like the, that was the uh, the Jedi that was on the Council that ordered ordered the Clone yeah, Troopers, right? Clone, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> do do we know now who that is? Yes. Yeah, um, there's like extra, and yeah. so th- that that okay. actually leads to my criticism is that all that is, and this is a criticism actually the Disney movies as well is all that is presented yeah. in the comic books and and novelizations and all all that stuff. I, I think it was a time constraint more so. Yes. For the but, film. But then that, that talks about like the crafting of the story and the narrative, right? Like a, a story shouldn't just drop characters and elements out of nowhere and then never bring them up again. It should like weave. Star Wars. Like, does that a lot? That's yes. That's kind of part of the magic of Star Wars. Yeah, because the universe is so many open ended things. But when you have to like fill in the plot. So here's the thing How did a Jedi order an incredibly expensive venture? of an army of clones it's true and the ships and the mask holdings exactly but you wouldn't know that unless you read the book or the comics or had a knowledge oh, cursory right, knowledge right, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. so like again for even in universe i always wondered like how did this single jedi knight have the authority to order an army on behalf of a, a government that's like you jordan tomorrow morning like ordering uh an entire battle fleet for the government of canada like, yeah. Which who, you should probably get on for our <laughs> safety. We're yeah. waiting. They no, also be, don't know about like it. An, 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 yeah, and they don't know about it. It would right? be more like, like an But an then when they do find out about it, they're like, it's here. We might <laughs> as well use it. China. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. <laughs> it's going to waste if you don't use the clones. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get I don't. I felt like maybe, yes, it was underexplained, but I don't think it was necessarily but here's like the a thing. plot hole. So here, here's the thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it was a bit, especially in that regard, but things like Dooku name-dropping, things like his relationship with Qui-Gon Jinn and stuff. Even the, the character of Dooku, who's very interesting and a complex character, would have been served better if he was introduced earlier, if we knew more about him, if you know we had more time and development to care, right? By the end of the Attack of the Clones, like I, my favorite part of the movie is the ending battle 
Yeah. But like in terms of emotional investment and stakes and characters, you're kind of like, it looks cool, but what are we actually seeing? Right. And, and to pile on to that point of weird hanging threads, what was up with Zam Wessel and Django Fett? Was she like his apprentice or something? Why did he get hired to kill Padme? And then he hires another bounty hunter, but then he follows her and, <laughs> because to, he's going to kill her if she screws up. Instead of killing time. the target that he... Why would... not you just do it? Thing. It could have just been to so that he wasn't... Yeah, yeah. It wasn't traced back. Because <laughs> I think it was... I. You're right, that should be explained better, but I think it was so that it couldn't be traced back to Django. Except for it could because he used a Camino and dart, and that is that's exactly yeah. how they, they figured yeah. it out. Yeah, and that's actually a question that does come up that people wonder if oh it was intentional that that Django was leading the Jedi to the clone army to get them to actually discover and use it. And Django may not even realize he was a pawn also. So he's just told, hey, kill this chick with this dart, not realizing, oh, look, there's an inscription on it that says made in China. Yeah, it's going to yeah. send me back to the source, right? Yeah. There's no inscriptions on it, and that's what made it significant. So, yeah, sure. Wh- whatever the, the explanation is. Um, but y- you see what I'm saying? Like, uh, those elements aren't explained, and you have, you're have you either forced to guess at or rely on outside materials to kind of yeah. make it make sense. And now when you're watching the overall movie, like it's easy that you don't think about those things because you're just yeah. moving from plot point to plot point. Yeah. But And again, that's a, that's a huge criticism I have of Disney movies. I think it's more evident in the Disney movies because they have major plot points that just like have no, they just jump from one to the other with no connection. Um, but it's definitely very weak and very loose in Attack of Clones. Attack of Clones feels like it could have been streamlined more there's a lot of cool ideas but i think also if attack of the clones came out 10 years later they could have they could have gotten away with making a three-hour film yeah and or a two-parter it, yeah, or, or, yeah yeah and the cgi <laughs> wouldn't have yeah looked yeah it's terrible and they and they could have maybe explained a lot of that stuff a lot better but know? then yeah. but circling back to the zam wessel scene uh, that chase scene through the skyways of corazon is very cool where you've got obi-wan like hanging on that droid that's floating after her and then him falling yeah even yeah, yeah. even going into the bar you start to see kind of the seedy underworld of course i, I but, actually yeah. the one thing i did like about the film was uh you really get a feel for coruscant as a as a planet and a city you know and that yeah. for like a lore thing that's kind of cool because you really feel like you know you're more immersed into the city it's actually lived in it's not just like yeah. a backdrop yeah yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear another cringy line? (laughs) Do it. Please don't look at me like that. I can see what you're thinking. Ah, so you have Jedi powers too? It makes me feel uncomfortable. I think that one is in the movie. No, there is a line where she's like, yeah, don't look at me. Yikes. It makes makes Anakin look like like a real, like, incel. Um, Just no eye contact whatsoever in his entire assignment. Here's also... Yeah, just this mouth breather, like... like, (laughs) I hate sand. (laughs) (laughs) Hovering right over you, like, six inches from your face. It's nice. I, uh... That and that's such a such the the that's such an inciting incident for the entire story of Star Wars, right? Yeah. That love story is supposed to be so important. Right. Yeah. So to drop that plot so badly. Yeah, it was a big fail. It's so destructive sure. to the entirety <laughs> of this the saga. It made it a lot harder. It does and it makes 
it really made it i think the biggest weaknesses it for in terms of character development it made it really hard for me to believe that this guy was going to be darth vader you know like yeah just seeing anakin how and it's not that it couldn't be. It's just it, it, it was like, I don't see it, you know. Yeah, like, and it does erode the character of Darth Vader, who's this big, menacing, right, you know, yeah. badass. And then you're like, oh, just a whiny, bratty yeah. creep. <laughs> I kind of disagree because, as we were saying, Anakin's like the prototypical incel school shooter. <laughs> and every incel school shooter wants to be Darth Vader. That's their ultimate fantasy. I realize right? the disturbing fact is that ah. Anakin even – Theoretically, like doesn't shoot up a school, but lightsabers all the kids in yeah, the Jedi yeah. Temple <laughs> at a school. <laughs> I just realized oh. he literally is a school. <laughs> yeah, that, that. Well, he's more of a school slicer, well, school yeah. chopper, Mass killer. Uh, in any case, Mark, what did you think of the film overall impression? Uh, yeah, I like it. Like, I like the Star Wars movies. They're just easy. Yeah, I, I, I don't have as it's a big... shut your brain off kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I really like clone troopers. That's one of the few things that like really get me going in uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so that's always cool to see. The one thing I don't like is uh the goofy droids that they have. <laughs> like you know, that whole scene where they're in the I... factory. It's just like, oh my god, I don't care. Like, that was just... five minutes that could have been chopped. Right, right. So we're talking about better. plot points, but then we get this stupid scene with these. Guys droids all the time it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's rough <laughs> there, there we go but i liked it other for that um mark just broke into some sith uh language, language. And oh sorry yeah. don't worry, the, there'll be some lightsabers covering <laughs> sorry i forgot you guys like child friendly yeah just like that you scene like the this Child, is, you are, we're the C-3PO's of... Uh, <laughs> Child-friendly, like the government of Naboo. <laughs> according to Queen, or Senator Amidala, she was not even the youngest queen ever elected. Ah. <laughs> Further oh, on. They have a penchant for electing children to office. <laughs> Interesting. It's weird that it's run so well. Um, yeah, no, I, I generally like the movie. Um, yeah, like I said, I want to learn more about Count Dooku. Um, I know, like, I've watched a bunch of the Clone Wars series, so you do learn, like, a lot more. Oh, yeah. And when you stack, like, I like to think it's all the kind of the same thing, like the movie and the Attack of the Clones series. Yeah. Or the yeah, Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. The Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah. You know, I, like, I haven't seen all of Clone Wars. I've only seen, like, the first couple seasons. But, uh... I actually like Anakin way more in the Clone Wars than I yeah, do like in you, Attack you of the Clones. Yeah, like you see him start so. to change and evolve yeah. as a person and become <laughs> he's, actually... he's a lot less insufferable. Yeah, you know? yeah. And he's like, for me, he's a lot more textbook uh, APD person, antisocial yeah. personality <laughs> disorder. He's, he's got a conduct disorder. He's just constantly disobeying Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny that in, in the movie, the council tells Obi-Wan like, Oh, we have every confidence in his skills, but in all the stories, the extended universe stories that proceed chronologically, Attack of the Clones, he's doing the same stuff. He's like constantly disobedient and uh, not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. I think he almost gets like exiled from the Jedi a <laughs> few times. <laughs> I think. Like, what makes you think that he's that you're going to put this like? 17 year old boy with his longtime crush as a bodyguard with just the two of them on Naboo. Yeah, that's on Naboo. You know, he's got an impulse yeah, control problem. 
That, that's always a running thread I, in Star Wars. <laughs> is like the decision making of some of the characters. Just, just don't look too closely the at Jedi Council. <laughs> they set him up for failure. At, at it's least an inside have, job. At least they have the plot point where it's just like, oh, the dark side clouds everything, so they just aren't thinking yeah, straight. So now they got a way out. It's yeah. perfect. You can just write themselves out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, just kind of to, to touch on the expansion of Count Dooku's backstory, Mark. You keep bringing that up that you, you want to know more about it. A lot of I want to be him. <laughs> I think it's actually what I said. Um, they uh, there's a lot of cool stuff about Count Dooku's fall to the dark side, his betrayal of the Jedi Order, his relationship with Qui Gon, who's often seen as a even a rogue Jedi in his own right, and even uh, Count Dooku's disillusionment with the Jedi Council. Um, and a lot of it you actually see... So my two favorite things with Star Wars are Mandalorians and clone troopers. And a lot of Count Dooku's backstory is tied with Mandalorians and seeing how they treated the Mandalorian people is what desensitizes them to the Republic. And there's almost like a sympathetic line that runs through Dooku and even all the separatists as a faction. And even like if you insert your own political uh, virtues, like if someone in our group tends to be a libertarian that individual might side with a, a faction that's trying to seek independence, right? From yeah. a deteriorating and let me remind Republic. you of your absolute, of our absolute commitment to capitalism of the lower <laughs> taxes, the reduced tariffs <laughs> and the eventual abolition of all trade barriers. Ah. Signing this treaty will bring profits beyond your wildest imagination. <laughs> what we are proposing is completely free trade. Oh, man. <laughs> That's uh, Count Dooku. Yeah, well, but I do like all the politics Don't that they throw in there. <laughs> and here's the thing, though, is like a lot of the separatists are corporations, not necessarily planetary yeah, yeah. governments, right? Yeah. So it's almost like a, a corporate utopia, if you will. Yeah. Um, but here's, a, here's another interesting thing, is a lot of people poop on the prequels for inserting too many politics and it's like oh no one wants to know about like galactic politics and stuff when i was a kid i was in it for the explosions and now that i'm an adult i'm actually more intrigued by the political aspects yeah me than too. The, i like yeah. the cool explosions still yeah. but yeah except the explosions in attack of the clones were horrendous <laughs> <laughs> like why didn't they just use real explosions oh, why didn't they use real clone troopers <laughs> yeah i know why <laughs> they would they couldn't use like real uniforms on the clone troopers yeah the they did for stormtroopers it, it made no sense yeah i i fully agree they he becomes way over reliant uh, just as a cinematic yeah a, aside yeah way way too over reliant in this one even worse than episode one on yeah on CGI. i know we kind of touched on that in our episode one review but i thought it was even more, worse more noticeable in, in, in this one yeah absolutely yeah um but uh how do we feel about poor Django fett's death did that hit you in a sour spot <laughs> i felt i felt like it was too bad you know they couldn't flesh out Django's story star wars is a bad <laughs> habit of killing off cool villains yeah yeah it's true <laughs> it was an it's awesome backstory for boba though like that oh yeah that's yeah. such a great moment when it he really picks did. up his yeah. dad's yeah. head yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i totally agree with you there it, it was uh very like for boba's character it was it definitely like uh r really put it in stone you know which is also harder to do sometimes when people go back that's the whole thing with Darth Vader people are like I don't want to know what Darth Vader looked like as a little kid yeah so that that could have gone really either ways like man that really degraded his character more sure. if they didn't like it also, also the casting of Django and Boba Tamora Morrison uh yeah but uh, 
it was very believable that the kid was like a clone of, of Django. The dad. Like actually, just looking at them, I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness. Here's the crazy thing. Today, uh, that kid is like, I think in his mid twenties. Yeah, does he yeah. look exactly. He like looks like a Django. lot like tomorrow. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, it's very uncanny. Cool. Yeah. They even have approached him, I think, to play uh, mid, yeah, okay. uh, mid aged Boba Fett. Is he? Is he actually a clone? Yes. That's where most <laughs> of the budget for Attack of the Clones came from. Oh, my God. Was investing in cloning technology. <laughs> ah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. the Raelian cult Daniel based Logan out of California yeah, okay. these days, not too far away from Skywalker Ranch. Mm, all is coming people. together. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you're going to tell me is Sifo Diaz was a real person who contracted them in secret. <laughs> His name was Shifu Diaz. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, a believable Star Wars name. Yes. He's like a, a Mexican Kung Fu teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, there was also some other cool kind of, um, uh, <clears throat> what do you call them? Easter eggs, lore Easter eggs. So when <clears throat> Dooku is meeting with, uh, what do you, what do you call them? The, all the the trade federation and intergalactic banking yeah yeah yeah. Um, the separatists yeah the separate yeah basically all the separatists um one of the species represented there was a moon or a mun i'm not sure how you say it immune immune (laughs) immune but uh it, it was just like he only said one line but he he was uh it's the same species as darth plagius actually and yeah uh so i just thought that was interesting that um, like uh, Lucas put him in there, so I think that's the other way around. I think th- Plagius was developed as a character after. Oh, after, after Attack the, of the Yeah. Film? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. That's uh, how it happened. I think they just drew on like, okay, what are our cast oh, okay, of aliens okay, okay, that okay. we do know? I and, see. I see. Yeah. Well, at it's least reverse yeah, engineering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We another they, thing like that. Um, one of those great characters that is only on screen for like one second in the movie is uh quinlan voss he's yeah, one, yeah, he's one yeah. of the the jedi and they create these like cults around these yeah, characters yeah. Well, which one is he 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 has like dreads and like a yellow tattoo across, across the face. bridge okay. of his nose yeah yeah he's, okay. he's actually very popular in the fan community he has a huge uh comic, comic run yeah. as what was well. his name right? quinn quinlan voss yeah quinlan voss yeah. And he even like makes a cameo appearance in the new Clone Wars series too. Um, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like even you recognize him. Yeah. You're not like super in, in depth in the lore. Yeah. yeah, interesting. That's cool. Yeah, and that's like again, Star Wars has always been ripe for that. Every background character yeah, is yeah, like a, yeah. <laughs> a novel. It's awesome to themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just on that note too, Attack of the Clones. Like, I don't want to deviate too far away from the movie itself because I want that to be kind of the focus of this episode. Yeah. But. Uh, it spawned the entire, almost similar to Shadows of the Empire, it was like this big multimedia production. The yeah. Clone Wars became a right, big yeah. multimedia yeah, production. Yeah. And it did have that plan in its inception. So even though Attack of the Clones, just the very end of the movie is really anything to do about the actual beginning and incitement of the war. Yeah, yeah. The war itself <clears throat> plays out in the in-between period. And then in episode yeah. three is just the very end of the war. Yeah, So yeah. you have that whole era yeah, totally. of storytelling. And I think it's pretty fair to say that almost... Maybe not the majority, but like 30% of the extended universe or so is it's all Clone Wars. just Clone Wars. Yeah, material. and that was intentional. Like, they did do that on purpose. They wanted yeah. to make it a big multimedia event. What can I say? Violence is fun. <laughs> Everyone yes. loves war. It sells. It is <laughs> Star Wars. Drives military <laughs> recruitment, even though it's a generally an anti-war movie. I also find um, the fact that 
Obi-Wan is essentially responsible for starting the Clone Wars because it was him who did the investigation that found the Jedi army of clones. But then yeah. the first time the no. Clone Wars are mentioned in A New Hope. But I think it, it's, it's Obi-Wan. It's, it's Obi-Wan. And he's <laughs> hey, looking, you want to hear about this cool war I started? <laughs> he's looking all like scarred and wounded. Oh no, no, no. But, no, the real person who's guilty for starting the Clone Wars is Jar Jar Binks. Yes. Who yes. initiated oh, yeah. Darth Binks. Oh, right, right. <laughs> the emergency powers that allowed Palpatine to institute the clone trooper army yeah. as the Republic army. Yeah. So this is all Jar Jar's fault. He's a useful <clears throat> idiot, that one. He is. Well, yeah, thankfully, they, there was a lot less Jar Jar. Unfortunately, there's a lot more Anakin. So. <laughs> <laughs> Trade one for the other. Yeah. Um, In this film. Sorry, just to backtrack a little, uh, a little bit about the big like multimedia Clone Wars thing. Um a lot of people in today's context love the new animated show. Yeah. Uh, but there was actually a uh, a cartoon of the Clone Wars, which was really yeah, so like top-notch. It yeah. came out very yeah. close to when the movie dropped. The it anima- was made by the Samurai Get- Jack. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah the, really? Yeah. Okay, I can totally see that Yeah, now. the it's animation was like yeah. Samurai Jack. Yeah, Kennedy Tartofsky. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And they did like cool stories that weren't like... I don't think they were really any given story was bound necessarily by like it's exactly 22 minutes i yeah. think that like 15 minute sure. episodes they had flex. And like, yeah yeah i like that or they just do a bunch of little stories and and so they got like kind of avant-garde with their storytellings they'd have like episodes with hardly any dialogue at all just yeah. it was just flashy. just the, the blowing one was up just, droids uh, for mace windu yeah just wrecking droids yeah. for <laughs> exactly like, yeah and i think that's like a lost gem yeah, that definitely needs to be uh, re reassessed. The whole Clone Wars comic books is like my favorite series of comic books. Hmm. It gets really gritty and really into like. Did you see the Clone Wars uh, movie though? Yes, the, the CGI yeah, yeah. movie. <clears throat> yeah, that one had Ahsoka in it. Right? Yeah, that that one, that's when yeah, they introduced yeah. Ahsoka. That, it was it was the beginning of the series. Yeah, that, yeah, that's okay. that's what I was when it first came out, man. And that that's a testament to like how good the Clone Wars, the new animated series is. is like I despised Ahsoka when they introduced her. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. hated her. Yeah, she wasn't that interesting, especially in season. She one. was annoying. She yeah. was like another Anakin. I'm like, why are they adding another Anakin yeah, to yeah. this whole yeah, yeah. thing? And why does he call her? Is it Snips? Snips. Yeah, because yeah. she's snippy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the level of storytelling we're dealing with. And there were little cool elements. Again, like I'll watch anything with clone troopers in it. Oh, that movie yes. is one of those things. <laughs> Um, but over time, like they developed their character to be like phenomenal, to be Christian. one of the favorite. Check out that yeah, riff. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that definition. Hot darn! I'm just showing Christian a, a picture. Panels of the comic book. <laughs> have have you ever closely watched that uh, scene where it gets cut and it actually does the perfect like? Tear, yeah yeah it's a perfect so if you do like uh she has a great crop top now <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like, but it's so uh, like engineered yeah it's <laughs> so good i love it yeah yep yeah <clears throat> another thing i thought was kind of interesting you need, you need to have your belly exposed for maximum <clears throat> mobility when it's true when yeah, have fighting. you ever played fantasy combat like that's right chick armor always has exposed midriff <laughs> yep just makes uh, sense uh, movement uh one cool thing was um I thought was interesting was just actually how uh, gifted Anakin was in the film. And in a lot of ways, he actually seemed like he was a better... They almost portrayed him as a better fighter than Obi-Wan. Even though, like, Obi-Wan obviously is older and has a lot more experience and is his master. 
like Obi-Wan wasn't doing like nearly the same kind of uh, things in, in battles that Anakin and was. Anakin had to rescue Obi-Wan yeah. from, from Count Dooku, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. Like Anakin's only fault was that he was like reckless and, and uh, um, uncalculated, right? Whereas Obi-Wan was a lot more calculated. <clears throat> but overall, like if uh, I almost, which I think is actually correct because Anakin is supposed to be like a highly, highly gifted. Individual. And I think that kind of plays into his character for better or worse. When you have the hyper talented individual, they're kind of resistance to being instructed. Totally. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think that's that kind Especially of Especially if they, they feel like they're better. Than Overconfident yeah. in their skills. Yeah. And yeah. Anakin literally says that he thought he was better than Obi-Wan. Yeah. And, and it, but it kind of shows even in their actual fight scenes, right? Like it, Anakin appears to be like, have a lot more fighting ability than obi-wan yeah obi-wan is sort of like very simple and kind of slower but anakin is you know a gold medal gymnast yeah. <laughs> the way he moves just you know? also kind of to expand on that too that i was thinking about recently less about anakin but more about obi-wan's skill obi-wan takes on some pretty hard-hitting enemies i think obi-wan's no slouch in a fight sure yeah. but that even shows how much better anakin is yeah exactly because yeah. like obi-wan faces someone like general grievous who is hyper lethal to most jedi yeah obi-wan uh as an apprentice takes on a, a trained sith assassin like darth maul who yeah i think most other jedi would get wrecked yeah and he, as an apprentice obi-wan is able to defeat him yeah yeah um so i don't think obi-wan it's an interesting piece of character development that's never really Expanded on. Obi-Wan is a very talented fighter. But also the way he killed Darth Maul, he was clearly killing him, like, in anger, right? He was, like, very much drawing on the dark side. But Obi-Wan and Temptation don't really ever seem to to come up again. Because he's Space Jesus. As far as I know, because he's Space Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. I think that's also a testament to the Well, isn't he more like Space John the Baptist, though? And yeah, Luke Skywalker yeah, is Space Jesus. Yeah, you could say. Yeah. <laughs> Superimposing the entire. And Jabba the Hutt is Space Pontius Pilate. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's I not gotta, get carried away with our comparison. i got to relearn all my history of church here. Han Solo is um, I, Space I Matthew. Peter. <laughs> space Peter, yeah. I just want to know who Chewbacca is. Um, also interesting, I guess, the criticism of, of Attack of the Clones, kind of getting back to the movie, is... Obi-Wan is a missed character development too. Like there's so much that like even you just made that observation that could have been explored of like what's Obi-Wan's take on all this? How is he affected as a Jedi? You know, does he get tempted by the dark side? All those elements like we it, it, I think it's a very big missed opportunity for a lot of characters. And is burgeoning alcoholism. <laughs> How did the Clone Wars affect that? How did we not notice that? <laughs> he was yeah. a drinker before he became a hardened veteran. I mean, and he was on the job, too, and he just rocks up to the bar <laughs> and slams three shots of blue milk down. I love that. <laughs> He's just very good at holding in his liquor, liquor. I think. That's a secret. He's always yeah. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Yeah, so, uh, Sam, what's your kind of overall impression of the movie? Um, much, much like all the movies, aside from the original trilogy, really, there's, there's some pretty good points and some pretty good hits and some pretty spectacular misses as well uh reading the the graphic novel definitely gave me a different perspective on it i think anakin and padme's scenes come off a lot better in the graphic novel i think they're much less creepy and even though you've got 
all the exact same shots essentially in the same dialogue there's just something about the really beautiful saturated art that like makes it work and you kind of feel like okay i can i can kind of see the attraction between these two people it seems like they're actually in love because of how these are framed there's a couple panels also when they're at padme's summer home where in between the panels there's like a bunch of roses that are sort of in the background of another panel it's a really interesting choice that the artists made that really worked well and so i thought some of that art covered up some of the bad acting and dialogue <laughs> which was good but then also because i didn't have the soundtrack and the cool fighting and stuff some of the plot points like with zam wessel really stood out like to why you. was yeah. Django tra yeah. tracking her and then again the sifo dias thing and even even the way that Camino was hidden, it's um they mentioned that Obi Wan figured it out because there was these other stars who were clearly being affected by gravity, but there was nothing there. at the center yeah. of mass around which they should have been orbiting. And it's like, if that's the extent of your cover up, yeah, like what are you doing? <laughs> Although I get I guess Sidious wanted them to be found in the first yeah, place. Yeah, and that's though. the other weird thing is like yeah. are they being trailed along? Are they discovering these things naturally and well, organically? That's kind of near the end though, that sort of seems to be the explanation for a lot of it was to they wanted It was engineered. Yeah, they yes. wanted uh they wanted the the Republic to bring the clone army there yes. and and start the war, right? Yeah. Like that that seems to be like the whole thrust of of what every so so it stands to reason that even the events from the very beginning of the movie were uh, engineered like yeah. you say and I, I think the very end of the movie <clears throat> and the the denouement as well really scored a lot of points they really salvaged what could have been a total train wreck but because the ending is very strong yeah and the the scene when Anakin and Padme get married and it shows that robotic arm and it's like go oh, things to come right? yeah and, and that ominous music you see the clones marching and, like, and that that shot particularly of all the clones shot. on yes. Coruscant marching into those uh, uh, transports I remember when I was a kid and I saw that and I was like oh my god the third one's gonna be so good <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um just to kind of tie back to the love story which is like again a very central part of this I watched a YouTube channel called Wisecrack. They do a lot of like critical analysis of different pop of culture, cocaine. pop culture uh, actually, but <laughs> they may very well be on crack when I hear it. Um, no, it's very in depth and stuff. And apparently, a big inspiration for the love story between Anakin and Padme comes from Doctor Zhivago. Uh, I really encourage anyone that's listening to this who has time to look up the Wisecrack uh, Attack of the Clones. I think it's called What Went Wrong in Attack of the Clones, mm. and I think. They say that Lucas was heavily inspired with the story of Dr. Zhivago, which is a very compelling movie about okay. uh, a, a love story essentially set in the backdrop of the Russian Revolution. Okay. So it has all the like political stakes while telling a very personal story at the same time. And I think I th knowing that now, I think that that makes it a more compelling story that was just really poorly executed to me. And there's a lot that could have been done way better if they followed more closely with their inspiring source material so just a cool little tidbit i, I they explain it so much better so i think the ratio of 
laser swords to politicking was, was also like perfect. I think the, yeah, the, yeah. I agree, the, the complexity yeah. Was, was there. So you had a, a plot. There's that, even a little mystery. There's cool. And, and, and then of course, Count Dooku, as I already said, Christopher yeah. Lee. Yeah. You know, I, chewing I, the I, wallpaper of every scene he's in. Is that a, Other is that than, a phrase? Oh yeah. <laughs> Other than like the CGI, I did enjoy all the action scenes. I thought yeah. they were all pretty decent. So I didn't have any huge complaints. Yeah. Any and like I said, like, that movie made me love clone troopers. I've always been a Mandalorian fan. I loved Boba Fett back in the day, yeah. seeing Django in the origins. A lot of people throw that out as just like, oh, that's just throwaway fan service for marketing and stuff, which it probably was, but <laughs> it was done in a way that like I appreciated it. I yeah. liked it. And there was also already in the extended universe and the comics and stuff, plenty of precedent for including more uh, fat Mandalorian lore. Yes. In oh, the movies. And that's one of the divisive parts. Like a lot of fans were like, and and even now with Disney, they're always like, "Oh, that's just like uh, member berries." They always call them from <laughs> South Park. But like, just like throwing throwing things to the fans to like get them. Hey, do you remember this? Hey, do you remember this? And that's just a big criticism I have for the Disney movies. They just throw it in with no context or reason. Yeah. Whereas at least Lucas tried to work it in to be a significant part of the story. It's like, okay, if if Django's gonna make an appearance, let's make him a character. Let's make give him meaning to the story. He's yeah. not just like. Oh, that's a cool thing, and then just toss them out the window in the next scene. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I think in terms of storytelling, the whole prequel trilogy, and this included, I think it it uh, it doesn't suffer from like the own in, the internal inconsistencies of like the Disney trilogy, you know, and they're there is like a cohesive story being told throughout. Yes. it's going somewhere and you know that despite whatever you know plot issues there are and what have you yeah and and that's the other thing too is like i think by virtue of being this in between between episode three where we really see because this whole the whole thing about the prequels is a story of darth vader yeah, yeah darth vader's origin story yeah and like like you said it's like we really could have started the prequels here yeah yeah and i think it would have been you know even to maybe this make episode one and then have another movie in between that really develops totally, the relationships. I totally characters. think that would have been better. Yeah. Like, and you could even, they could have just made a, a, a episode. What episode one is now like something like a prequel, like yeah. a one-off or even prequel. like a condensed intro to episode two, you know, so it just kind of like establishes a lot of the settings and characters. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's move on and get into the actual meat of the story. Right. Yeah. What about Darth Maul then? <laughs> I love Darth Maul, but unfortunately I think doesn't come up again. Price later. Of initial. An entire movie, mission. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. You know what? Fair. No, <laughs> but a prequel that. movie, like an anthology film, you sure, know? Yes. like a Rogue One or something. Yeah, you know? but that even that whole concept didn't exist before. Yeah, I know, then, I know. Right? Like, I'm just saying, in, in hindsight, in hindsight, yeah. yeah. There was there's supposedly this mythological fan edit that combines, I think, episode one and two, and possibly three. Okay. Into like a very cool, cohesive movie. Isn't oh, really? that like a single movie? Um, yeah, <laughs> the guy from that '70s show. Yes, <laughs> he and I never. I like. I keep hearing Eric about Foreman. it. <laughs> I keep hearing about it, and I really? never found uh-huh. it. And I've even asked on like forums and stuff. I'm like, hey, do you guys know where this thing exists? Weird. And I always get blasted, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh, really? It's yeah. I, it's like almost like my uh, Ark of the Covenant. Like there's some conspiracy <laughs> or cover up or something. But allegedly, it's a very good film and takes huh. the best parts of the movies and really makes something of it. Huh. And eliminates like obviously big elements like Jar Jar and all that yeah, stuff are yeah. really downplayed <laughs> or extinct, and uh, and that's the thing. I think there's a lot of gems and a lot of rough overall, just just across the board for all the prequels. And I think if Lucas had someone to like refine his ideas, yeah, it could have been better. 
uh, I think I've said this before, like with the OT trilogy, Lucas's wife did a lot of editing and are you sure you want to do it that way? Let's do it this way and stuff. I think she's a very big unsung hero of taking Lucas's awesome vision and making it something tangible. Yeah. And I think he lost that. They they got divorced and everything, and he didn't have anyone to kind of rein him back because everyone's like, "Well, this is George Lucas, the visionary, yeah, the visionary maker." Right? And by then, he had all the money, the resources to call yeah. the shots. And whether or not like that's just saying it's his style of directing, or people were just too scared to stand up and like to him and say, "Hey, maybe this is not a great idea." Yeah. Or let's rethink that, or let's refine that. You know. I I also wonder too if when Attack of the Clones came out because, <clears throat> like. Empire Strikes Back is widely regarded as most people's favorite Star Wars film or like the best Star Wars yes, film. And Lucas and, didn't even direct that one. Yeah, that and yeah, exactly. But like I, I wonder if people were expecting because like a lot of people felt like episode one was kind of a, a bit of a disappointment. Maybe episode two is gonna like be uh, a remake. The Empire Strikes yeah, Back yeah, of the be the, Yeah, yes. be the Empire Strikes Back, but and it just wasn't. And it was probably the weakest film, ended up being the weakest yeah. film. Like I constantly say this, it's at the bottom of yeah. almost all my Star Wars. It's above the Disney ones, but the bottom of the yeah. OT and prequel. It's pretty close to the bottom for me too. But yeah. but uh, um, with that being said, I, I it's not... Yeah, it was sort of weird. Like, like you said, I it, it seemed like a... Um, it was supposed to be like the beginning of the trilogy, you yeah. know, and it was sort of, it kind of felt maybe ham fisted into the middle and I don't know. It, uh, yeah. And the, there, there, di- there wasn't enough buildup for the romance between um, Anakin and Padme. And, but I, I don't know. It, yeah, it, it didn't totally work, but yeah, there's enough there that yeah. I get soldiers sucked into the clone wars mythos and yeah. all the, all the supporting work Yeah, because the ideas are so good yeah. that they get me to stick around long enough to actually get the good content out yeah. of it. Um, one more quick thing just on the politics of it. Very strong Vietnam war Gulf war vibes. And one thing too is as a kid, I was very ignorant to just global affairs at the time. But when was Clone Wars come out? Or Attack of the Clones? 2002? Two, oh, two, I think. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was a year right after 9-11. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the beginning of the Iraq War. Yeah, beginning. And, and Afghanistan. Afghanistan was already going on. Yeah. Full, yeah. And I, I don't know if it was intentional or just prescient on Lucas's perspective. Because I get a lot of, like, now in the present day, there's a lot of comparisons between... Iraq and Afghanistan and Vietnam just being a generally unpopular war and kind of like how it was conducted. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And... Again, like I don't know if Lucas was trying to draw on those things intentionally, like about the whole desert planet of Geonosis and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the air cab, yeah, air cab is definitely Vietnam, but if that was intentional or just again very prescient things. And episode three starts to delve, delve into that thing, like emergency powers I, granted to a politician, yeah, yeah, in and elements three, of sure. like the government spying on you. That yeah. stuff comes up a lot in the comic books. Like a lot of what happened in Iraq and Afghanistan, and especially in the American political context, you can see very heavily drawn out in the comic books as well I, yeah maybe in the comic books i didn't notice it as much in the yeah. film like i didn't see any they definitely major... had their star wars version of the patriot act for sure I, yeah. yeah no in in the third one though yes yeah, yeah. i'm just saying they built on it and that, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. i think yeah. that came out in 2005 episode but, three, yeah, so. no yeah you're right in the second one kind of at the end near the end yeah. there they give palpatine all thanks jar jar <laughs> <laughs> that was on purpose man <laughs> yeah. i i agree with sam the sith lord there Darth the real one pulling the, the strings yeah, yeah it, it um what would his 
um, Darth name be? You're going to have to get back to me on that one. Darth Misa, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, uh, any any concluding thoughts on that? Uh, I give it one green lightsaber and one blue lightsaber. <laughs> Out of? Every color of the rainbow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jordan, cool. what are your uh, thoughts? Final, <laughs> final takeaways? I I, I kind of think I've said my piece. It, it wasn't it wasn't like a great film. I actually didn't hate it as much as I remembered. I liked a lot of the I li- I just liked a lot of the universe building and the and the story building and a lot of the rabbit trails I went on after watching it. So Yeah. And I I also say the same thing. The the movie itself falls flat. Yeah. But there's enough stuff there that keeps me around for all the expanded universe stuff, which yeah, for really sure. I think was my entry point in really deeply into the expanded lore and stuff and definitely into co- even comic books yeah. as a whole. So definitely credit. I credit that movie with being the gateway drug to <laughs> everything else. Yeah. Cool. Let's uh, drop out of hyperspace, get some carbonite back in our I need three core, shots of... Uh... <laughs> get three shots of blue milk <laughs> and may the forks be with Thanks for flying with us. We are interested to hear from you. You can reach us at starlorspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, comments, or corrections. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating, review, and subscribe. You can also help us out through our Patreon at the Star Lords Podcast. Find us on Instagram, the Star Lords Podcast, on Facebook at the Star Lords Podcast, on Twitter at the Star Lords Podcast, and on YouTube, Star Lords Podcast. We'll catch you next time.